This October 2022, the Church celebrates 60 years since the start of the Second Vatican Council. Vatican II was the biggest Church event in the 20th century, bringing together all the bishops of the Catholic Church with the Pope and many special guests and observers from 1962 to 1965. Most of us know that Vatican II changed the language of the Mass from Latin to everyday languages, but there's so much more. Vatican II produced 16 groundbreaking documents. The most important ones are the four constitutions, Sacrosanctum Concilium on the Liturgy, Dei Verbum on Divine Revelation, Lumen Gentium on the Church, and Gaudium et Spes on the relationship between the Church and the modern world. These documents called all Catholics to see the Church in a new light as the people of God walking on a pilgrimage through history in solidarity with every man, woman, and child, and especially with those who are suffering. Vatican II calls us to be in touch with what people are experiencing here and now in order to be eleven for the coming of God's kingdom in every chapter of history. This does not only apply to priests and nuns, but to all of us, since the call to holiness is universal. Vatican II calls us to pursue our mission as Christians, not in opposition to our brothers and sisters in other religions and cultures, but together as one human family walking forward in the love of God, the Father of all. Our world needs the kind of church that Vatican II envisioned 60 years ago. Let's go and be that kind of church. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is uh, your friendly neighborhood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, uh, Good welcome. Good to be here, Pedro. I know. it's This is season 15 of Are the Salt and Light Are you serious? Yeah, it's been 15 Holy years. smokes, 15 I know. years. I know, and you've been on the show probably for half that time. I think so. You're making me feel old. Can, yeah, can we just yeah. say it's been one year? No, no, it's been eight years of undercover (laughs) reporting from Hollywood. Um, How was your summer? Um, Good, very chill, very relaxed, didn't do a lot of traveling. It's been hot here in California, so a little bit of heat wave, did a lot of hiking. So, Oh, good. Sounds good. Hiking in California? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots of hiking. You and nobody else did any traveling, so I, I guess some people did. Yeah, I guess it's just been it's still it's funny because things have reopened, but yet people kind of still aren't traveling. Maybe we just got so used to working from home because of COVID. We don't want to like actually travel as so. long as you're not spending too much time in front of the screen. I spend too much time in front of the screen. I mean, that's partly my job. That's what you do for a living. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's partly the reason I I hike is I work from home now, and I'm like I have to get out of the house. Right. So I go hiking after work every day whenever yeah, I can. Of course, of course. Well, today we got a very good show uh, for our listeners. Uh, we're going to return. Obviously, we return with your segment, Mark, and you're going to tell us a little in a little bit what that's going to be about today. But before that, we're going to be speaking with Marie Claude Lalonde. She's the national director of Aid to the church in need uh for canada and uh, they have a a monthly segment like yours mark and their segment Mm -hmm. is called where god helps and it features kind of the work that aid to the church in need is doing around the world um and today marie claude is going to tell us about this wonderful campaign that i don't know if you've heard about this mark one million children pray the rosary oh no sounds a little bit like family theater you know used to do with getting families praying rosary but i've never heard about this one and and i heard it for the first time last year 
Um, and I knew that it had already been going on for a few years. So, and I actually think that if this was well promoted, it would not be hard to get 1 million children around the world praying the rosary on October 18th. Um, so hopefully, uh, maybe we can start helping, uh, aid to the church in need, promote this initiative through schools and, uh, and uh, we can get uh, 1 million children praying the rosary. So Marie-Claude is going to tell us all about that initiative uh, in about five minutes. And then Mark, you're going to tell us what's good in artificial in, intelligence. Yeah, what's good in artificial intelligence media. I'm going to talk about artificial intelligence generated art. Um, oh. Are the robots going to take over from all the visual yes, development artists? Yeah, you're not going to have any more work. Yeah, exactly. Going to be put out of a job except you're the one programming the robot. So <laughs> that's right. That's the job you want. That's the job you want. Okay. So that's coming up uh, in about 15 minutes uh, with our Hollywood. We should change your title to uh, your kind of like tech. I still, I still tech, try to keep tech. a very good Hollywood slant on. Yes. Things, good Hollywood slant. But uh, anyway, whatever, whatever Mark is doing, it's undercover, <laughs> undercover and, and, and missionary is missionary esque. Um, yes. Anyway, so Mark, Mark, how much do you think it would cost to feed one child for a whole year, one meal for a day for the whole year? How much do you think oh. it would cost? Uh, what country and in what currency? Well, let's go with U.S. Do- let's go with Canadian oh. dollars or U.S. dollars, and let's go with with uh, Global South. Oh, gee, oh, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, if it was just okay, if it's just groceries, I bet you could get away with like two bucks per meal per day. So six times three. Okay, days you per think year. about that. Maybe think about 2, that. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. Just hold on that. So, so two years ago, we learned about an organization called Mary's Meals. Okay. Um, and this year, 2022, they've fed so far, so it's October, they've fed 56,000 children in total. Wow. Okay, but that's 11.5 million meals. Okay, they're feeding 2.2 million children every day. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, and you know how much they do it for? It's 13 cents a meal per day. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, for $26.40, you can feed a child for an entire school year. That is extremely efficient and economical. I'm it, impressed. It is, and and it's not cheap meals. It's like good, a good solid meal for the day that the children get every day, and you can just donate twenty six dollars and forty cents Canadian. So as, I don't know if it's about twenty five American, um, and <laughs> and how easy is that? And you feed one child for the entire school year. If you're really uh, gung-ho, you can sponsor a whole school. But anyway, we're going to be speaking with the founder of Mary's Meals, Magnus McFarlane Barrow, a little later today to learn about what's new because things have changed in the world since the last time we spoke to him. Um, and also about an exciting event that's going to be taking place in Surrey, British Columbia, with Matt Marr, actually. <clears throat> so that's going to be in our second half hour in about 25 minutes. And then, of course, we're going to reconnect with Matt Marr as well. So Matt Marr is partnering with Excellent. Mary's Meals for that event in uh in surrey that's called in sorry in surrey british columbia it's called love reaches everywhere that's the event that matt marr is doing with mary's meals um but matt has been writing and recording and releasing quite a lot of music since we last spoke to him which was also two years ago so it's going to be a good chat uh with him again today at the end of our program in about 45 minutes so lots of good stuff coming down the pipes for this hour um if you're not going to be around, remember that you can always go to our website, slmedia.org, click on the podcasts, and that's where you can listen to all our programs. You can also get the Salt of Night Hour, 
on Google um, or wherever wherever you get your podcast. There's a little plug for Google. Um, uh, and it just, sounds like a great show. I don't know why you wouldn't stick around and listen to the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Stick around. But if you're driving, you know, maybe you 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 need to arrive at your destination. So let's start with the song. Um, here is Matt Marr with one of his newest singles, Only Good Will Grow. That was Matt Marr with his new single, Only Good Will Grow, and we're going to be speaking with Matt Marr at the end of the program, so I hope that you'll still be around for that. And now it's time for... Where God Helps, with Marie-Claude Lalonde from Aid to the Church in Need, Canada. Marie-Claude, welcome to the program. It's good to see you again. Thank you. So... So there's this great initiative, a million children praying the rosary. Tell us about it. Yes, it, it actually it's one million uh, children praying the rosary. If we have a million, we'll be happy. But if we could have millions, we would be even happier okay. because we really believe in the power of prayer especially the one of children. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea of having children praying the rosary around the world, because it's a global initiative, okay. uh, it started in 2005 in Venezuela, 
in Caracas. Uh -huh. And there some women saw children praying the rosary on, on nearby shrine. And they just thought of Padre Pio, who said, if okay. when one million children pray the rosary, the world will change. Oh, wow. And the world needs to change. We want to pray for uh, peace and unity in the world. If you're uh, looking at the news or watching the news, you know that in many, many countries, actually, uh, there are problems. And we want to, pay, to pray for peace. Mm -hmm. um, it's and it's worldwide, as I said. People are going to be praying in Canada, in Mexico, in Bolivia, Burkina Faso, Tanzania, Australia, but also in countries where there are problems. We're going to have Syrian and Lebanese children also praying with us. Okay. Um, it's called One Million Children, but. The grown-ups are also invited. So <laughs> parents, course. grandparents, teachers, everybody is invited uh, to join. Yeah. And um, really, it's on the 18th of October of each year. So it's a yearly event. Okay. So every so year, October, invite sorry, every October year, 18th. October 18th, every year. Okay. Exactly. And we chose October 18th, in fact, it's because it's the Feast of St. Luke. And Saint right. Luke was uh, very close to our uh, the the Virgin Mary, yes. and so that's why we chose that uh, that date. And it's going to happen in different fashions. Some schools are going to pray during school time, in some parishes, some prayer groups, uh, the uh, people at home. Uh, and we're doing a virtual event. So it's going to be on uh, Teams or Zoom. And uh, we invite people to join. So if they don't want to be alone at home praying, they just have to join us to okay. pray that rosary. So, and that's on your website, acn-canada.org? Yes, yes. People, people can sign in. And if you go on acn-canada.org slash one-million-children, yeah. you land directly on the page where you can sign in and you will also find some material there. So some explanations about the project, some posters, and even some comics for the children. Okay, that's great. So if let's say a teacher is listening and she wants to have her whole classroom, obviously they can pray the rosary, but you want to know that they're praying the rosary. So you encourage them to register. We encourage people to register, uh, especially for the online event. But if some teachers, schools or groups don't want to participate into the virtual event, uh, but want to participate, please let us know. It's a for us, we can advertise it and we will be pleased to see uh, how many children, teachers, parents and grandparents joined the initiative this year. Okay, that's that's really good. So I'm encouraging our listeners, maybe all you can do is let other people know. Maybe you're not a teacher, but you know teachers or you're not a priest, but you, you belong Absolutely. to the parish. You can let people know and uh and spread the word we're going to spread the word through our channels here at salt and light media and uh this is a great initiative um i heard about it for the first time last year and i was so excited and so i've been telling everybody so marie claude thank you for telling us 
thank you for thank you for taking that initiative and making it worldwide and for um well for the work that you and aid to the church in need do and uh and uh thank you for telling us about it today thank you so much and even if we're pay, praying for pre for peace and we know that there are many problems in the world we will pay pray the joyful mysteries ah. uh with children it's very adapted to children the joyful mysteries so that's what we're going to pray all together this year okay that's good very important information the joyful mysteries so get more information at acn-canada.org slash one dash million dash children but i'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily marie claude uh thank you it's good to see you thank you for what you're doing and i'll see you soon thanks have a good day Marie-Claude Lalonde is the National Director of Aid to the Church in Need Canada. You can find out more about Aid to the Church in Need at their website, acn-canada.org in Canada. And if you're in the U.S., it's churchinneed.org. This is Father Simon. And Father Timothy. We're with the Hillbilly Thomists. You are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Do you want to contact us? Email me, pedro at esselmedia.org, or you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, also on Twitter, or Instagram, at Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, who's going to tell us today about synthetic media. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, synthetic media artificial intelligence generated art um whatever you want to call it it's uh i want to talk about some amazing new ai tech that has kind of set the world on fire i don't have you heard about anything about this yet i i have i have in fact we've used it here at work i shouldn't be ah, i don't know if i okay. should be admitting guilty to that. as charged so uh, this is artificial intelligence technology that Basically, it does your work for you. You type in a description of what you want, maybe kittens having an epic lightsaber battle with Darth Vader or uh, an armchair in the shape of an avocado, and boom, <laughs> it will generate an image of exactly what you asked for. Yeah. And not just one, but multiple images of it. Um, it is not searching for images of those things. It is not piecing them together from existing images. It is actually generated, it has learned those concepts of what's in the images and it will generate brand new okay, images. So I'm going to stop you right there because I, I always thought that what it, what it was doing is it was actually doing a really, really fast search and, and learning while it's searching. So because in order for nope. it to learn, it would have had to have done those searches before, no? How does it learn if it hasn't been inputted it, that information? So it, it 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 has learned from millions of images, but when you make a request, it's not going out and actively looking for those kinds of images. It has already learned. So if you asked for like, yeah, a kitten having an epic lightsaber, okay, so it has yeah. sort of learned the concept of like what a kitten is. But yeah, and, it had. Sorry, and what about like a real person? Like if I if I wrote like Pope Francis having an an, an epic lightsaber battle with Darth, will it actually? It, it has to know who Pope Francis is Correct. and what Pope Francis looks like. Yeah. And because it has learned from all the images that are it's found on the internet, it's only things that occur frequently. So it has to have seen enough images of Pope Francis labeled as Pope Francis for it okay. to be able to recreate, say, what Pope Francis might look like. Yeah. And, and can I just add, because we have used it, 
you uh-huh. can even you can even tell it what style. So if you want something to look like cartoon, or if you want something to look like like contemporary art, or if you want something to be more photographic, more realistic, it actually gets pretty close. Yeah, you just say in the style of Leonardo da Vinci, or in the style of like yeah. a DSLR photo. So. Yeah, That's it's crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy stuff, isn't it? Like I often hear people describe it with words like scary or uncanny. So, yeah, it is scary, actually. <laughs> yeah. And and so I think, yeah, maybe it has people maybe a little scared, but it also has like the media community very excited. And and, and it, it, it is the kind of thing where you could say, well, yeah, this is enough to put some visual development yep. artists out of a Completely job. Completely out of a job. Yeah. And if you don't know what a visual development artist is, like they're the people that if you're making a movie, you know, when they don't know what it is, the, you know, the director will just say, give me a futuristic city skyline and they go off and imagine it. Well, hey, if you can type it into this AI art generator and it does that instantly, it's like, well, why would you pay for a visual development artist to do this? I mean, all your storyboarding is completely computer generated. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, so yeah, so people are, are kind of like very excited about it. And many, I think are rightly seeing it as a watershed moment. Yeah. And, and so, and you might, you might kind of ask, you say, well, Mark, why, why are we talking about AI generated art? Don't you normally talk about Hollywood and film and entertainment and faith and, and faith? Yeah. What are, <laughs> what are the faith connections here? You know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I would say a few things. So like one is I think it is a new source of entertainment. And the reason I say this is when I first got access to one of these systems, which by the way, have names like doll E2 or mid journey, you know, you can look these up on the internet. Yeah. Um, is I spent hours playing with it and I was laughing out loud most of the time of the stuff that it came up with. Like I couldn't believe at what it came up with. And so it's just kind of like, I like my definition of entertainment is kind of like anytime, anywhere people are putting their eyeballs, like that's kind of like how we're spending our time. So in it, in and of itself, it is a new form of entertainment. And I don't know if it'll keep the world entertained for the next, you know, 10, 20, 100 years like that. But there's a lot of other things that you could do with it. So like, so like right now it's just still images, but how long do you think it will be until videos are being generated? Exactly. With it? Yeah. How yeah. crazy that's yeah. it. All our careers out the window. Exactly. All of our careers, no need all for our actors. jobs yeah. are going to be put out of a job yeah. by AI. How long do you think until you could just type in a script and snap your fingers and it's going to generate the whole movie? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that I'm sure is also coming down the pipes. Yeah. So if you look at that and kind of like all the gradations of stuff in between, um, you know, and I, I, it's going to be successful to varying degrees and a lot of that stuff is going to take longer or shorter amounts of time. Um, but it's 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 going to radically change um, how people make media. And so I, I would say I thought technology had already lowered the bar for how much effort it takes to make things. This is going to make it even a hundred times easier to make stuff. So, so you can expect, I think number one, you can expect an onslaught of this synthetic media. Um, if you are overwhelmed with media now, like just wait. (laughs) Yeah. You can have memes up to your eyeballs. I know. I know. And that's not a good thing. And yeah, you're right. Not necessarily a good thing. So I, I can almost envision a future world where people are like, no, I'm part of a real person club. Like I only interact with real people. I don't want to see anything digital anymore. Well, the, and there, that's the other thing is like how, how soon before we see an image that's extremely photographically realistic that is actually not real. 
Yeah, it will. And it, we're already there. Like go to this person does not exist.com and oh. you will see it synthetically generated human faces that look incredibly realistic. And so I think you're going to have also a huge degradation in trust in, in the media and what you see. Yeah. It used to be that if you could see something in video form, you could trust it. And now no longer that that is going to be changed. So you said so, this was this, you said this was a watershed moment. Has this kind of thing happened before? Do you think like yeah, yeah. technology? I think I think it has. And I think a great example would be the invention of photography at the turn of the last century, that the art okay. community, you'll notice this abrupt departure from realism. Painters stopped painting, making photo, making paintings that looked the, very oh yeah. photorealistic okay. because because they didn't cameras need photographs could do it better than they could hands down and so they're like oh we have to reinvent ourselves we're gonna we're gonna start doing modernism and abstract paintings so i think i think this is gonna shift people kind of saying well if ai can do all this like why, why are we making these traditional forms of art people are gonna have to find ways to reinvent themselves right interesting so, i'm just wondering in the little time that we have left if it's gonna mean that we might evolve into a species that is actually less creative because we don't have to i mean may i, I don't know I, I think that that's I, kind of the we're we're made in the image of god like i think that that's part of why we're an image of god is because yeah. we're creative i you know it's interesting too like i think the other the other thing i kind of worry about a little bit is that i think this is going to erode some of the things that we thought were exclusive to humans such as creating art yeah, yeah, and yeah. and gk chesterton said art is the signature of man um and and so people are going to go like oh my goodness i thought i thought only we could make art like this is looks incredibly realistic i i i think i think actually if you look closely at what chesterton said is basically spontaneous creation of art is what makes man. Yeah. Unique. And and point. this AI has only learned from millions of human beings. So it, it's not really replacing us, and but it's, it's actually, gonna force us to have those kinds of conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's you could even argue that it's really not even creative because yeah, it, it's know, it's very imitative. imitative. I'd say it maybe yeah. borderlines on things that seem like creativity. But it's it's really not truly genuinely creative in the same way that humans are. So. Wow, fascinating, interesting conversation. Synthetic media. Okay, so if people have had experiences with synthetic media, write to us. Let us know what your thoughts yeah. are on this uh, craziness. The robots are taking over. Um, thank you, yeah. Mark. Crazy, thank you, Mark, crazy new that. world out there. Crazy Brave new world. world. There you go. What's good in artificial intelligence? What's sure. Maybe yeah. good? AI, tech, synthetic media, Hollywood, film of Hollywood the future. media with Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. Uh, thank you, Mark. It's good to see you. As always, you too. You can follow Mark at HU Missionary. In our second half hour, featured conversations with Magnus McFarlane Barrow of Mary's Meals and Matt Marr, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Some 64 million children around the world are out of school, and they can't go to school because they have to work or beg. Even if they did go to school, hunger would affect their ability to learn. Enter Mary's Meals. Mary's Meals makes sure that many of them can have at least one good solid meal every day in a place of education. And they feed about 
2.2 million children every day. And here's the best part. They're able to do so providing a good meal, not a cheap meal, but a good meal for only $26.40 Canadian a year. That's 13 cents a day. There's no reason why we all shouldn't be donating to Mary's Meals. But the pandemic has made the situation worse and things have changed. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by the founder and CEO of Mary's Meals, Magnus McFarlane Barrow. Magnus, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's great, great to be back on. So how, how much worse is the situation now after the pandemic? It's really pretty awful. I mean, I, th this is the 20th year, 20th anniversary since we started feeding 200 children back in 2002. And I, 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 I'm sad to say this is by far the worst global situation I, I've seen in that time mm. where there are just so many um, crises unfolding at, at once. You know, we see many, many millions of people um, slipping into chronic hunger. You know, and, and there's a number of drivers. There's there's the pandemic itself uh, that caused so much new poverty. Um, there's climate change that's driving famine in places like uh, Madagascar right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just so much violence, so much um, conflict. You know, Ethiopia, where hunger has been used as right. a weapon of war. Haiti, where there's so much yeah. unrest. And, and in the background, that conflict in Ukraine that's driving I, um, food prices up I was going to I was going to ask you about that. So there's the conflict in Ukraine affecting Ukraine, but there's also the food crisis that has arisen with the blockade of, of grain going to other places from Ukraine. Exactly. And, and you know, very simply, people who were already struggling um, to buy enough food for their families each week are, are finding themselves in a situation where they simply can't do that, where they, where they really don't know how they're going to be feeding their own children in the right. coming months and right. weeks. Yeah, but at the same time, you're able to, I mean, there's more need and you have been able to increase the work that you're doing. Are you able to feed children in more countries than you were two years ago? Yeah, we're now feeding in 20 uh, countries, uh, so that's grown a little bit. And certainly the total number of children fed has grown also, as yeah. you mentioned, over 2.2 million, which is incredible. And, and it's only possible because of thousands and thousands of people sharing a little of what they have mm -hmm. so that children might eat. I always describe Mary's Meals as just a series of lots and lots of little acts of love. Yeah. None of us doing anything yeah. amazing on our own. But when yes. you put that together, it, it, it makes this incredible thing that really is changing the, the world's poorest communities. Yeah, it is. It is a simple thing. And it's, it's uh, I don't think it needs explaining. Um, but I'm intrigued by the little the little acts of kindness. And of course, that's what your book was about. That's the last time we spoke, we spoke about your book. Um, I, I was uh, uh, I, 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 I was intrigued by what I saw on your website recently, that it actually encourages people not just to help Mary's meals, but also to to start their own acts of kindness and what you can do in your own community. Um, tell us a little bit about that, because you're not just encouraging people to join in the mission of Mary's meals, but you also want to encourage them to be people who who do I, I don't know what the word would be yeah. I, act kindness I, kindness people um don't I mean I, tell tell yeah. us about that well I, I suppose just all these years I mean I never planned to do this the whole reason it's grown in this incredible way is because people are so good people just keep humbling me with their extraordinary acts of generosity and 
something I've noticed more and more over the years are the people who give the most, who really give of themselves, are also the happiest, most joyful people I know. You know, and 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 I suppose that makes sense. You know, I think when we when we really give, you know, we we become more the people that God made us to be, and we become more fulfilled, and we become more peaceful and 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 joyful, regardless of what particular cause. Or, or mission that we're supporting. So, um, but within that, you know, we, we do have a very specific invitation for people to support mm-hmm. this mission because the, these meals are every day saving lives and every day transforming lives. They are the key, I believe, to transforming um, the world's very poorest community. So this is a work of love, but it's a work of love that's absolutely practical and effective. Yeah. And uh, you use the word kindness. I use the word kindness. Of course, generosity, I think, is the word that I couldn't find. And so if people are interested, Magnus's book is called Give, a Charity and the Art of Living Generously. So that's what you're encouraging, is encouraging people to, to, to nurture the art of giving or living generously. Um, can, 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 are there more things that people can do? I mean, obviously, 26 dollars a year for most of us is not a huge stretch, but can people do more? Could they? Could I sponsor a whole school if I wanted to, for example? Absolutely. If if, if people go on our, our website, they'll see that there is a possibility to do just that, to, okay. to sponsor a specific school and get reports back. There are also many other ways of, of supporting the mission, volunteering time um, to, right. to, to spread awareness, to invite new people into this mission. We desperately want to grow, to invite more people in, and we depend almost entirely on volunteers, whether it's on that side, of on the fundraising, or whether it's where we serve the meal. All those meals are cooked and served by unpaid local volunteers. So um, this work relies entirely on on gifts of of time. And and also, I would just ask people to pray for this work. I believe this whole mission is a fruit of of prayer, and we depend Mm. on it uh, 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 as much as we ever did. Yeah, we should never forget that that's probably the more important thing to root everything that we do in in prayer. Now, uh, there's an event in on October 23rd in Surrey, British Columbia. Um, it's titled Matt Marr and Friends, Love Reaches Everywhere. Tell us a bit about that event, Magnus. Why, why are you having that event? Well, just really excited and so grateful to Matt Marr for doing this uh, event in support of Mary's Meals. And it's a little bit like what we talked about a moment ago. Our our huge desire is to invite more people into this into this beautiful work, uh, and and what better way to do it than ha- than having a wonderful concert with with Ma- Ma- Mahara singing his his wonderful songs. Yeah. Uh, so it's an opportunity for people to come and and to have a night of celebration and praise, uh, and also to learn about Mary's meals. I'm g- going to be there, and I'll share a few stories and explain a little bit about how how this all works. Yes, the only bad thing is that British Columbia is a little too far away from Toronto, so I will not be able to be there. <laughs> now, is there a plan that you're having similar events in other cities? I mean, we have listeners all across the United States on this program. Uh, is Will there be other events that you're planning? Not not exactly like this one. This is a, quite a, a sort of spectacular, high-profile one yes, for us. We is. hope in due course the answer to your question will be yes, but we're, we're going to do this one, and we're very excited to do it, and then we'll see what, what happens af- after that. 
Okay, so good. So anyone anywhere near Vancouver or near Surrey, British Columbia, October 23rd, Matt Marr and friends, love reaches everywhere, and uh, Mac- Magnus McFarlane Barrow will be there, and you'll learn all about Mary's Meals, but it's all about just enjoying good music and fellowship. Uh, you can get tickets. You can go to the website, marysmealsincanada.ca, marysmeals.ca, and we're actually going to be speaking with Matt Marr just after uh, we say goodbye to Magnus here. So, uh, Magnus, it's good to connect with you. Uh, thank you for organizing the event because it gave us an excuse to have you on the program <laughs> so we could talk and get more people excited about the work of Mary's Meals. And I can't say this enough to, to people listening, $26 a year. Uh, that's all it needs and you will feed one child for a whole year. That's incredible. And uh, so thank you, Magnus, for what you're doing. And we'll be praying for you as you continue the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. Really appreciate it. It's, it's lovely to, to be talking to you again. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. God bless. God bless. Magnus McFarlane Barrow is the founder and CEO of Mary's Meals. You can get involved and donate at marysmeals.ca if you're in Canada. And that's also where you can find out more about the evening with Matt Marr. If you're outside of Canada, go to marysmeals.org. And if you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, just head on over to slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now is Matt Marr with his newest single, Common Ground, featuring Dee Wilson. Child of God, be at peace. Open hands, let go of everything. Christ in us. All around Calvary, a hill with level ground, I hear a voice calling out. Tear down the walls between us, make way for love to heal us. Show us the Church of God, now's the time. There's a mountain that we have to climb. Broken hearts all around. Suffering, this is our common ground. And my brother's blood is crying.
Won't you make way for love to heal us? Show us the way of Jesus Christ, where He is found. every day God would you help us heal us disturb us that was Matt Marr with his newest single Common Ground and singing with Matt there was Dee Wilson I don't need to say much about Matt Marr he's a nine-time Grammy nominee and three-time Gospel Music Awards Dove Award winner he's probably the best-known Catholic singer-songwriter in the world Matt has been on our program many times, and most recently I saw him in Quebec City during the papal visit. He also has quite a few new singles, which we are listening to, and as you just heard, he has partnered with Mary's Meals for an event in Surrey, British Columbia on October 23rd, and so there's lots to talk about. I spoke with Matt Marr earlier this week. Matt, it's so good to see you. Welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you too, uh, Deacon Pedro. Thanks for having me. And we we got to see each other over the summer. And I wanted to start. I wanted to start there because you were part of of a, a a wonderful, in my opinion, event during the papal visit that I think kind of went a little unnoticed. But it was still such a powerful event. And I was curious to know what after after some months of reflection, how are you feeling about that today? I think I'm still reflecting on it. Um, yeah. It. You know, and I, I do think it's sort of like on the other side of it, 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 it sort of in the scope of history and the history of redemption, it will be looked upon as sort of the start of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was both a thin space and a thick space for me. So what I mean, yeah. that, it was a, it was a place where, um, you know, singing on the plains of Abraham sort of uh, uh, just over the hill from uh, the Citadel and praying and singing in that place where, you know, this a historic battle took place and, um, and two groups of people were fighting over land that was actually occupied by a third group of people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and being on the other side of history now and looking back on it and, and hopefully being part of a moment of truth and reconciliation that yeah. sort of acknowledges the, the pain and the suffering of indigenous uh, people in Canada. Uh, and, and, and not just in Canada, I mean, North America, yeah. some, you know, but I think specifically in this instance in Canada, and I think the, the Holy Father trying to teach the church uh, to have a, to not, in some ways, the, the reflection for me is don't wait until you have to make an apology. Yeah. Um, be the one willing to do it. Yeah. 
And that, and and so in some ways, you know, and 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 people will argue and say, well, the the, the but that's why the Pope came is because in some ways he was, you know, finally forced to, you know, to to come. And I think that's and and they're probably right. But my hope is in seeing his willingness to come and be present, and as he said, you know, sort of make a pilgrimage of repentance, is that it would it would serve as an example to the church of what it means to step out and try to be agents of reconciliation yes it was a powerful day it was um it was like i said there were these moments where um hearing uh indigenous people sing in their language pray in their language uh express their culture it was incredibly moving for me Mm -hmm. i i'm i'm still sort of at a loss for words yeah and um of the gift of what they actually have to bring. And I grieve in the sense that I pray for a future in which the depth and the insight and beauty of their culture and who they are as a people is more celebrated uh, in the church. Yeah. There's more of a space for them to yeah. be who they are as a people yeah. in, you know, in their different tribes and different customs and, um, you know, that's the, the great gift, I think, that Catholicism offers in Christianity, uh, which is why I'm a Catholic, is that it says that culture matters. It's important. Yeah. Who yeah. you are, who you are, where you come from, your legacy, your history, um, the, the stories that have been handed down to you about your identity. These things are sacred and they're deeply important. And um, God loves them because it's how he made you. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was, I was most impacted, not so much when I was singing, but when I was just there receiving their culture, their language, their songs, it, 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 um, it's continuing to echo in my soul. Yeah, it is. And, 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 uh, I think I share that grieve the grief with you. Um, but also in the sense that it's just taken so long to get here. And I, I, like, I remember you and I talking beforehand, like months before about, about writing a song. And then um, I was looking at the lyrics of the songs that you gave us to play for this episode. Um, and it's kind of a little bit there. And I don't know, I was curious to know about common ground because I was okay. You're nodding. Uh, like it's, it's kind of, they tear down the walls between us. Like, is that kind of where that song you just just released this song. I don't know when you wrote it. Uh, it's so that song was started six years ago. Wow! It just it started as a prayer, but it you know it was a, so it was written with a guy named D. Wilson, who's yeah. a worship leader from grew up in Gary, Indiana, south like very like south of Chicago. Yeah. Um, we sort of wrote the song about the reality of racism, uh, the inability of some people to, to just see um, a group of people, a large group of people marginalized and suffer and realizing Mm -hmm. that, which I think in some ways, this is probably John Paul II. He says, you know, everyone suffering is inescapable from the human experience. So it through sort of, you know, the passion, death and resurrection of Jesus suffering actually becomes a, a, a an oppor- there's an opportunity for solidarity with one another mm-hmm. in our suffering and but the first is you need to see the suffering of another and you need to 
recognize its legitimacy and the reality of it and to be able to hold space for it and not necessarily for, um, to come with solutions, but to just simply come say, well, um, we're both here as people of faith uh, and we both believe that the cross is a hill with level ground, yeah. which is sort of the paradox, you know? So that's yeah. the song was started six years and obviously many um, sort of trigger points in American culture, which have continued to expose the wound that is systemic racism that is still to be fully reconciled mm-hmm. and realized, and, you know, and healed in our society. So this song sort of, I mean, for me, it's just simple thing of like moving to this, to the States, you know, I, I pray, I lead worship, write songs with black people. And so this, at some point I just stopped listening to what the TV was saying or what media outlets were saying. And I just said, I'm going to listen to their stories. I want to hear that. I want to hold space for their stories, their lived experience. And as I did, I came to realize that there was a perspective that I could never see. Um, yeah, but I could hold space for as a what? Yeah, and I, I could also just recognize as real. Yeah. So I think that was the heart of common ground. But I do think, in some in some sense, you're right. It does. It holds. Uh, it rings true. I think for um, you know lots of groups of people that uh, historically or currently are are marginalized, yeah. and um, that the gospel is a the gospel of the margins, as Pope Francis would like to say. So Jesus goes to the margins and to the marginalized. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, because the cross, the cross contains common ground. Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes we forget, I mean, you don't have to go to the margins to find, to find the people who are different and, and finding that common ground. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, um, um, it's that solidarity. It's that making space for someone that's different that I will never be able to step in their shoes. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I was just talking to Magnus McFarlane and you're part of this event with, with him, uh, uh, with Mary's meals. And in a way that's the same thing. I mean, they're doing great work to make a difference, but at the same time, we it needs to start from a place of recognizing that there's a suffering there. And maybe we're even partly responsible for that suffering. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think uh, um, it goes, it, it always, you know, it goes back to the fall, but it goes back to the fall. The, we live in a broken world and um, it, that the reality of that brokenness and admitting that brokenness doesn't absolve you of responsibility for trying to be an agent of recon- reconciliation in the world. So saying, well, the world is broken because sin exists and it's real and it separates us and it creates systems of inequality or uh you know marginalization it's not enough just to point that out as a christian because i've been extended uh infinite grace and mercy mm-hmm. i have to be willing to extend that not only to people around me but then i have to be I'll allow that grace to transform the way i see things including what i have as to how it could benefit others around me and mm-hmm. so when you you know to me evangelism is always uh intrinsically linked to mission the the, the notion of of uh absolutely talk, talking yeah. about jesus with people is always linked to uh the church's social teaching uh and particularly the preferential 
option for the poor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as an artist, I make music that talks about my faith. It comes from my faith. Uh, and then obviously always want to try to find ways where people can make a uh, sort of, you know, the word has to become flesh, I guess you could say. <laughs> so Mary's Meals is a practical way for people to help um, reach the poor, yeah. you know, basically through school meals yeah. and 2 million children a day. Yeah. And it's such a simple thing. And for like, no, almost no money. Yeah. yeah very, very little yeah. in, in comparison. And, um, you know, it makes a difference. It makes yeah. it makes a massive Huge difference. difference. Huge difference. Anyway, Matt, we're going to have to leave it there, but it's so good to see you. So good to chat. And thank you for these three songs um, for sharing them with us today. Uh, I think they're going to give people a lot of uh, opportunity for reflection. And uh, and thank you for the catechism lesson. You took us from the fall all the way through the cross to uh, Catholic social teaching. <laughs> Brother. All right. God bless. God bless. That was a conversation I had with Matt Marr earlier this week. You can find out more about Matt Marr, find out how to listen to his music, or find out where he will be playing next at his website, mattmar.com. If you don't know how to spell that, it's Marr, M-A-H-E-R, mattmar.com. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily. mattmar.com is also where you can get information about his Matt Marr and Friends Love Reaches Everywhere event with Magnus McFarlane Barrow of Mary's Meals in Surrey, British Columbia on October 23rd. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just go on to our website, eselmedia.org slash podcasts. Here now is Matt Marr with his new single, The Lord's Prayer. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. listening to Matt Marr with his new single, The Lord's Prayer, and that will take us to the end of our program today. Remember that if you missed any part of this program, you can find our show at eselmedia.org slash podcast. You can also get the Sultanite Hour wherever you get your podcasts. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be continuing our mini-series, Indigenous Voices, as the Canadian Catholic Church continues walking together on the journey of healing and reconciliation with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. I pray that you stay safe, pray for each other and take care of each other, and keep praying for peace in Ukraine. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.